It's the True Penny Show with your host James True Penny. Hello and welcome to the True Penny Show. My name is James True Penny. This is my show, and we have had a very sad week in professional wrestling. We've had a very great week in professional wrestling. By the time you've heard this, all in will have happened at Wembley, um, and I will have driven home at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> um, after what I hope will be a wonderful experience for 80,000 rabid fans and I know a lot of you right now are stood outside the copper box waiting for Rev Pro's 10th anniversary show or you're stood outside the Eve show or the Chucker Pro show or the Defy show with TNT and you're going to have a wonderful evening's wrestling but I know that all of you are going to be very sad because this week we lost the living legend Terry Funk and Wyndham Rotunda more famously known as Bray Wyatt. Um, to join me today is Mr. Marcus Green. Now, we are not going to um, do full tribute shows to those two gentlemen uh, today because we had different things planned, but I am very sure we will have a full-on Terry Funk tribute soon. We will leave Bray Wyatt to people who can do that more justice than myself, as I'm not actually that familiar with his work, but I do know he was much loved. Um, so, Marcus, have you any thoughts on this sad week before we move on to our topic of the yeah, man, you know, you, you it's just, uh, it sucks. This is, uh, seems like we get something, you know, seems like we had something uh, similar every year, maybe not as close uh, in this regard. Uh, but, as you know, it's always sad, you know, I was thinking about it, like, even if you're not necessarily straight up and down 100% fans of guys, because, you know, uh, the likes of ourselves have been watching this art form for so long, even if you've never really connected with some of these guys who have passed on, you you, uh, you still feel it because it all feels like this one big family, um, you know, in, in the in the wrestling zeitgeist, the quote quote our boy Alex. Um, so you know, it it hurts all the same. Even if you you know, like I said, you're not straight up and down fan. If for no other reason than just the fact of you know being humane and realizing that regardless of what he you know, these men did in wrestling that somebody's father, brother, um, and husband and all that and, and the people they leave behind are, you know, are feeling they're far worse than even we are. So, you know, it's uh it's sad. But um, you know, I've seen a lot of great tributes and, and, and stuff across, you know, uh social media and the like. So it's uh you know, they're not just gonna be celebrated this week, you know, certainly. So Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We will, like I said, I think next week we will look at the life and times of Terry Funk and we'll see what we can do for the Funker. Um, there are loads of people who absolutely adore Bray Wyatt and everything he's done in the wrestling industry over the last 15 years or so. I would strongly recommend you go check those people out. They know what they're talking about. And and what strikes me about both men, um, as I've read through my Twitter feeds and my Mastodon feeds and Instagram, is how much they were beloved by their peers and how much they went out of their way to make their opponents, their friends, to support the scene, to support the people they were working with, to be as, you know, loved. They, they're loved for good reason, because they looked after everybody in the industry, and they are wrestlers, wrestlers. They are people who inspired, they are people who encouraged, and they are people who supported their rosters. Um, and whether that was in... The 1970s, the 1980s, the 1990s, the 2000s, 2010s, and the 2020s. Between them, they helped hundreds of people make a wrestling career. Um, and that can't always be said for a lot of big name stars. So, gentlemen, we salute you um, and we will praise you in due course. Today's show. Sorry, Marcus. Yes. Um, uh, disagree. Today's show, we go back to the leads. Uh, Marcus is our great correspondent. Are you not, sir? Yes, sir. That is that, that is my official uh, title. Uh, yeah, we we you know we like to uh, double up on you guys. Always keep it keep you caught up on Gleet. Obviously, we're coming off of the great the grand mega show, which again we implore you to go back and watch. It is uh, five hours well spent. Oh yeah. So uh, yeah, go uh, go go check that out. If you even if you got to break it up over the course of days, or however you want to do it. It is one of the best wrestling shows you will see all year, bar none. 
Absolutely. Um, Mark, Marcus is being a, a, a little bit, um, how can we put this, nice towards me because I only told him there were actually two shows this week at, at around about well, midnight his time this morning. <laughs> so he has done a big cram to get these two shows in. And we're going to start in Osaka at Amida Sky Building Stellar Hall, our favourite name for a glate um, venue. Is that a better name than Osaka Joe Hall? It, you know, it's hard. I mean, the one thing that has been consistent is, is that, you know, particularly as an as a, a American fan, they have far better names for their facilities than we do over here. <laughs> Um, this this far cooler. They just they just get it in that regard. Uh, but yeah, Osaka Japan is just you know short and sweet is to the point. Uh, what's the arena called? The Umeda Sky Building Stella. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's just you know. I mean that's that, that is the thing. Is like a Osaka Joe Hall seats around eight thousand, <laughs> and this seats two hundred uncomfortably. Um, but they do. They Osaka do all their wrestling. They may not like their wrestlers. Talk to Ted sure. NATO about that. <laughs> but, um, um, yeah, they do a lot of wrestling. And uh, Glade do great shows there in this tiny, tiny, tiny building. But this one was actually a loaded show, um, and which will tell you how much they love going to Osaka. Jim Jane, Summer and Arby opened up against Black Generation International. Hartley Jackson and Gaethje Sato, 11 minutes and 6 seconds. Sato looking a lot crisper and a lot stiffer since his heel turn. Not actually got any on the winning ways deal yet, though, as he was the one to, unfortunately, drop a fall to Summer Watanabe. Arby. He's kind of gone on the, the kick pads and very brief shorts direction, I, which I honestly am in favour of. He looks very good. Uh, what's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Because this was a tidy little opener. Not a little opener, but it you know it was very solid. I mean, you you know what what else would you expect from these names? Obviously, uh, you know very much that my boy Wat uh, Watanabe took the spotlight. I think across both shows, um, in the moments that he that he had, and uh, yeah, you know I, I've seen somebody on Twitter say, of course, you know, uh, your James's ace Okada had. Um, the best drop kick in all of wrestling, and uh, he's got a he got he got a, a fantastic one for sure. But Watanabe is crawling up there, man. <laughs> Watanabe is crawling up there effortlessly, um, putting it all with the greatest of ease and, and using that as a finisher, which is also great to see because that's that's standard fare over here. But you know he does it so like I said effortlessly and beautifully. Um, Almost getting similar ad to you know uh, one of the street prophets in Montez Ford, you know with that 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 insane athleticism. So it's it's cool to see, and uh, it it just made Desato change his hair a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, trimmed it up, heel haircut. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had to, I had to, I had to ask one. We all also uh, uh we also uh, a bit of a hair show here as well. Uh, long fans will know. Uh, but yeah, I had to kind of double look. I'm like, okay, that Joe that Sato he switched it up on me, so uh, that's cool. Him and Harley Jackson are leave the combination for sure. But um, you know, I think Junior Jan and Watanabe kind of just had their number tonight. And obviously, you want to break up Harley Jackson and keep him at bay as long as possible, uh, as to not make the night go 15 minutes in some odd seconds. So uh, yeah, it was uh, like you said, a title opener. Got 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 the job done. Uh, Harley Jackson is a good is a good follow on Instagram as well. By the way, um, he spends most of his time in social media there because uh, it's part wrestling story and part large white gentleman living in Japan kind of story, which is nice. <laughs> um, okay, next up we had Diamond Egoist Michiko's new uh, faction, along with her faction partner Janai Kai. They went up against Inagi Sayaki. Uh, sorry. Inagi Sayakai, I've heard it right. Inagi Sayaka, 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 Inagi Sayaka, and Yukari Hosokawa. Nine minutes and nine seconds. Hosokawa once again on the lose again, but they're getting closer. Well, they were getting closer, and then Janai kicked her in the back of the head, and everything went black um, <laughs> for a moment or two there, because 
Shanae Kai is absolutely awesome and I love her to bits. I'm so happy that she's got this spot in Glate because I get to see her watching her on a regular basis. But someone needed a regular spot for her somewhere on this planet because I think she's the future of professional wrestling. And I've said it before many times. Um, and she's in just the right place to grow doing what she's doing. Um, so this was kind of a coming out party for her this match and Michiko let her have the spotlight. Um, and Asakawa took a kick in again. Um, I have no doubt that Asakawa will be handing out a lot of kickings in the future because she was born to this job. Um, but it, it, it's still it's still noticeable in her attire, even though she has changed her attire a bit, she's still dressed as a young girl where everyone else around her, even though they're not that much older, are all women. <laughs> and she's not. And I think that's part of her story as she grows. Um, but yeah, this was pretty good. What did you think of this one, Marcus? As I will continue to say, women's action and Gleet never disappoints. Didn't do it here. A uh, hell of a coming out party for Jan- uh, Janai Kai. Um, certainly would want to be uh, an artist member if I ever saw her in person because I do not want to be in the ring with her. Um, she is an absolute problem and she was tagging with Michiko. Um, <laughs> so, you know, obviously, uh, Yunagi and Yukari, um, uh, you know, certainly uh, was kind of in the blocks in, in the onset and then try to, you know, very much try to come out uh, swinging to kind of, you know, keep. Michiko at Bay and then just break down. I love how they just try to break down, uh, deny limb by limb with, with what felt like a flurry of cold breakers. Um in that regard. So that was cool. But deny is just a she is a, a, a tall glass of kick you. And uh, <laughs> that's that is what she did. Um so you know, I'm very much looking forward to seeing more of Diamond Eagle. It's a great name, by the way. And uh yeah, they're going to they're going to continue to be a problem, and if they keep willing out uh, women like Janai, they are you know maybe giving the men a run for their money soon enough. <laughs> the scariest <laughs> roster because it's like um, I can put this like Bullock Orchestra are comedy heels, and Young's family aren't really heels, and Black Generation International is scary, but they're sneaky heels. Diamond Egoist are the scariest bunch of people on this roster. <laughs> like I've, I've seen people, I've seen at least one of them pull broken glass out of and keep going. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. It, yeah. And, 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 it's, and it's weird too because I always end up watching these tags and then immediately, as we talked about on the on the on the uh, mega show, wanting to turn these into singles situations. Like obviously Michiko versus Unagi, because um, that just feels like unfinished business. And uh, I, I think Yukari and uh, Janai could kill it. But it, after seeing this, I don't know if I want to put somebody in the ring alone <laughs> with Janai. <laughs> so, you know, it's just one of those things. But again, you know, this is this is the beauty of, of the elite roster and certainly the, the you know, the building uh, foundation that they're doing with these, you know, these women. So, you know, I'm just looking forward to more of it. You know, maybe we can get these women. Because I almost seem like Janai is almost primed for... Um, maybe a UWF match. Now, I, like I said, I've seen this match. I don't want to necessarily go nowhere near Fukuda, my girl Fukuda right now, because mm-hmm. uh, she may need to regroup out her recent loss. But uh, yeah, it, it, you know they got got a lot of combinations they can go with in, in uh, future shows just off this match alone. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We'll have to see what comes oh. forward with them. I, I am kind of at the point where I think we can have more than one women's match on the show. I, I love what they do, and I understand they have a tight roster, but I think we can have some expansion now. A women's title would be nice at some point. Um, though I understand why you want to like establish the division and you're kind of going through some changes, but we'll see what happens. Um, next up was an intriguing tag team match. Yue Susumu, who had, up until recently, been kind of an independent floating three and fourth and was kind of like not though so keen on joining Black Generation International when offered the opportunity. Tagged with Katoru Suzuki of Black Generation International, which is intriguing to NOAA fans because last the last couple of years, Suzuki mainly earned his living in NOAA, um, where he tagged with one Katoru Suzuki. 
And as Miriam, who's a big fan of Noah, pointed out on Twitter, I'm glad to see the old situation went like it did last time. They took on Kaz Ayashi and Yuiska and won in 11 minutes and 42 seconds, but after the match, they shook hands and then Suzuki dragged in Kitoro Suzuki for a cross on DDT and made his exit quickly. Sadly, not quick enough. But let's talk about the match first. Marcus, your thoughts? Sorry, I'm muting myself. Um, yeah, this was... Um... You know, this was another solid outing, you know, obviously, uh, like you said, implications with Black Generation. This is my introduction to you. Uh, so that that was uh, interesting. He's obviously a a force of his own. Uh, got the OG cast him with the, the ever climbing the ranks. You who very much across both of these shows felt like he was definitely trying, you know, had something to prove and was trying to like Watanabe uh, make statements. Uh, but kind of, kind of ran into, you know, like you said, that 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 cross arm bar is very lethal, man. And uh, we saw, we see it be lethal across both these shows in certain uh, different instances. So, um, yeah, solid outing. I'd like to see them maybe run this back. And uh, also, like you said, you know, potential implications for Black Generation, which it doesn't seem like they need a new member, <laughs> with with as strong as they are. But you know, I do appreciate that even with these strong factions. You know, just across the top, the bottom of the card, everybody's still always in the process of recruiting. So I appreciate that. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, Susuma's a veteran. He's 39 years old. He does not look 39 years old at all. <laughs> um, started off in Wrestle in Zero One, had a long stretch in WrestleGate, went to Freedoms for since 2012. So. I don't think he wrestled in the hardcore division. I think he wrestled in the um, they have a junior heavyweight division, which is very highly rated, and I would agree with them. They're, they're most people, it's a really good good uh, company. And then spent split his time between Freedoms and Noah last year, as well as working indies for everybody. Like he worked for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen promotions into in two thousand and fifteen. He's an in-demand cat, and he knows what he's doing. And, um, yeah, he's a good, solid wrestler. He's a good addition to the mid-card of the roster, I feel. Uh, where are we? Strong Heart. Sal Linderman and T-Hawk defeated Galino Del Mal and Quiet Storm. 13 minutes and 32 seconds. The current and former G-Rex champions uh, taking the big lads down. Uh, this was an entertaining match. It was fun. Any thoughts on this one, Marcus? Because it didn't really do an awful lot for anybody. <laughs> yeah, this was this was uh, quite interesting because uh, obviously, you know, like I said, it, it it gets thick over there on the orchestra side. Um, and Lindemann and T Hawk, uh, you know, obviously you got the form in the in the, in the current, you know, G Rex Kings, if you will. Um, so this was interesting, like you said, it wasn't stealing no shows or nothing. I think I think the funniest part of this match was Galino, um, who I'm like, anytime this guy pops off a drop kick, I'm like, oh yes, he's a yes, he is a luchador. <laughs> he's a freaking kaiju luchador. Um but I think he was he was very much putting Linderman in the blocks. And T Hawk was just was doing hit and runs. So he just be like hop in quickly, come around. Pimp slap him and then leave, <laughs> and it was just getting to the point where this Galeno was like, "Let me get quiet, storm in here, cause I'm gonna kill that kid." Um, and then he eventually got his, you know, got his hands on him, but they was able to uh, topple this. And I dare say they got away with clear robbery here, cause they 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 got out. Uh, I felt like kind of kind of barely uh, tried to win, but they but they they pulled it out, so it was uh. Like you said, it wasn't still a no show, but it was entertaining. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Lindemann trying to crack the gym and speak like some quiet storm is always an entertaining five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, this was more fun than 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 serious effort, but a good crowd, a good card filler, nonetheless. Minoru Tanaka then defeated defeated John Tuncho was defending his Gayora TV championship. Eleven minutes and fifty-eight seconds. This this was kind of the step up for Tuncho. I don't think it's, it's not his first championship match. I know they've challenged the tag titles before. I think he challenged the G Rex title before as well. But this was the first one where I thought he had a chance of winning it. It was a bit short, even for my tastes. Uh, we had an epic main event to come, 
Um, so yeah, this was good though. I enjoyed this. Um, Minoru Tanaka uh, taking the title and a lot of back and forth. Didn't give Tonsho, like, didn't show him down. He won with a cross armbar because he's Minoru Tanaka. <laughs> What's your well, thoughts yeah. on this one? Yeah, Tom Show is another one that's that's fun to watch. Obviously, another one climbing up the ranks and uh, very much gave as good as he, you know, uh, got. But uh, Minoru was, uh, he's battle tested, man. He's battle tested. And, he, you know, he's, uh, you know, between the title matches and then obviously he's had his UWF instances we've seen. Um, you know, he's not necessarily out of it just because he's backed into a corner. You know, he very much knows how to fight out in a cross arm breaker can level most scenarios as we've seen and he kind of he got the young buck here like you said we've seen instances like this where it could have gone longer um but you know uh tanaka's like look i'm here for a good time not necessarily a long time let me get up get in and get out of here before i actually get stripped by this kid you know uh waiting around uh letting him linger around too long so yeah 11 minutes 58 seconds was a good uh good solid outing but uh, i think i think tom so was nipping at the heels though if they if they if they could if he gets another shot, I don't know if it goes the same way. So. No, probably not. Um, Tanaka is oh, he's just a living legend. He is still a special one. There is still an aura about him every time you watch him wrestle. Then we get to the main event, which was an elimination scramble tag. Bulk Orchestra up against Jan's family. Eliminations by a pinfall count-out disqualification or over-the-top rope, which is always a handy get-out clause. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jan's family, Issei Elitsaka, Masato Kamino, Takanori Ito, and Yusuke Kadamo went up against Chechen Mitami, Hayato Tamura, Kazuma Sakimoto, and Reiichi Kawakami. 28 minutes and 47 seconds. Um, and it started off with Kawakami eliminate. Oh, sorry, I'm going the wrong way. Onitsukaya eliminated Chechen Mitani, which is a big win for Onitsukaya. Sakamoto eliminated Masato Kamin. Um, Hayato Tamura eliminated Yusuke Kadama. Takanori Ito then eliminated Kazuma Sakimoto. Hayato Tamura uh, and Tanaki Takanori Ito were both um, knocked over the top rope simultaneously and landed on the floor together. Yeah. Which left Reiji Kawakami and Issei Onitsaka. And for a minute and 47 seconds, they went like hell. But Kawakami won a match. Dun, dun, yeah, dun. Man. <laughs> The minute it happened, I just I yelled, James! <laughs> the narrative has been mildly broken for a second at least. Oh. Oh, the street, the losing streak is over, though noticeable in this post-match celebration absence was quiet storm. <laughs> so there you go. I, do, I, do. I just love it. Just like he ain't proved nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this was a ton of fun. This is just a blast. Yeah. It was settled by a pre-opening pre promo at the beginning of the card, as these things tend to do on the house shows, which I really appreciate against about Gleek because they're not just about the audience that's watching at home, they're about the house shows they're doing, and everybody goes out and explains what's going to happen in a nice narrative, and they were going to have this elimination match, and it was just fun. Just a blast to watch these guys go and have a wrestling match. And um, I, I love their elimination matches. They're the best thing they do, um, I think, as an overall match concept. It's kind of like the way ECW kind of got big with their triple threat matches. Um, but Onisaka and uh, Chek Shimitani were just a blast to watch those two to go together. But Onisaka was man of the match in this. And that was kind of the story. They're kind of establishing him as the go-to guy for Jan's family now. Uh, as the big lads um, kind of come in and polish things off. But when he's on his own, he can't necessarily get the job done. And that's kind of the story with this match. Like, he got eliminated. He was the last to go. Or after poking fun at him for months on end and, like, brainwashing him into wanting to be a part of it, and then they do genuinely care about him and came in to save him at the end. Which is a nice touch, you know. Can't all be meanness, even though it's supposed to be a bit of a fun story. Otherwise, you don't care about the characters enough. So that was cool. It was good to watch. What do you think of this one, Marcus? Yeah, it's been fun. I think that's probably been one of the, you know, to your point, that's one, been one of the best things to watch about Yeon's family. Because at first, I, you know, really wasn't, you know, uh, paying it as, you know, too too much attention. It kind of seemed like it was going to be more comedic than anything. But then you see, you know, Kadama step up and in these last series of shows that we've done in a meaningful way while maintaining a lot of that uh, kind of, that kind of, goth comedic flair about him 
uh, very much stepping up. And then obviously Ito is the is the stud of the faction. And then, like you said, very much having to work to get Issei um, in, in alignment with things. But he's, you know, very much stepped up. So watching those guys elevate as a unit, both uh, physically in the ring and then obviously emotionally together, has uh, them maintaining that balance is probably what's, you know, really made this faction, you know, uh, probably one of the most must-see ones to, to watch climb. You know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It, it's 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 been really. I, I think that's the thing about Yan family is it was it was Takanori Ito's faction, but it's slowly becoming Onitsuka's faction without diminishing the role of the other three, because he's the interesting thing in the factions. <laughs> if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So this week on Wednesday we went to Kurokan Hall. Uh, for the Gleet versus All Japan Pro Wrestling Life is a Challenge tribute card to Giant Baba. Uh, 692 in Kurokan Hall, which is kind of half shows, but they might, they might still be on COVID rolling at Kurokan Hall for the smaller promotions. I don't, I'm not really sure. Um, but it opened with Chek Shimitani versus Ryu Inoue. Eight minutes and 30 seconds. Inoue's had a pretty good year. And Image Shimitani were magic together. Inoue was on the... Um, Junior, junior, junior heavyweight carnival that Hiromu booked earlier in the year and putting a good, and a lot of these guys were actually putting a good out in there. Um, but this was a lot of fun to watch with Shimatani. You don't see him in singles matches often, and when you do, you see how much he shines. And this was a good example of that. What do you think of this one, Marcus? Yeah, we're so used to seeing him in tag team, but he's another one that's gotten some great singles opportunities lately. Uh, and uh, you know, this is my introduction to uh, Ryo, uh, but another one that gave as good as he got. But, you know, Shimatami's going to wars in those tag team matches. So he's, he's like, again, another one that's battle tested. And uh, he, he put the, you know, he got the kid out of there before, you know, got the nine minutes. But a uh, solid open, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next up was Shenanigans. There's no other yeah. way I could describe this. This was shenanigans. Say the least. <laughs> Hakuta Amori of All Japan tagged with Yusuke Kadama of uh, Yan's family to go up against Reiki Honda of All Japan, along with Takamira Ito of Yan's family, in fact, the leader of uh, Yan's family. Um, this went back and forth until it was Ito and Kadama who were going to have a gentleman's match until Kadama raped Ito in the eyes and then went for it. <laughs> Which, in hindsight, was a tactical error on his part. Um, and Ito did not take kindly to his underling uh, trying to spot the spot <laughs> himself. And he was uh, German suplexed out of his boots. And Honda finished the job off in startling fashion. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Yeah, that was just that, that ultimately, to your point with the story of the match, just seeing how much. Uh how Ito and Kadama was going to keep things simpatico or not. You know, I think the uh, of, uh, hilarious moment before the match during the entrances when uh, I think it was Issei uh, making uh, Honda hold up the, the obviously Yon's family's uh, flag. Yes. And you know, yes. Taking these simple advertising that you just see Ito go through it and Honda's like, what? Man, throw this crap on the ground. <laughs> and then everybody's like, no, man, cooperate. Like, this is like, no, let me, I'm, I got this. I'm not, I don't do this. Whatever y'all got going on, I'm going here, get the job done and whatnot. So that, that was interesting. He had a whole different type of attitude towards things, but it really ultimately did come down to Ito and Kadama. And, and then Ito was not having it. So, yeah, he had to teach Kadama a lesson and I hopefully he learned it. We shall see. I think that's the interesting thing. What's going to happen? Do you probably guess? Like all bets were off as far as faction stuff was concerned. It was bleeding yeah. on Japan. I mean, this what was different about this one, like compared to when they did the New Japan stuff, is very much Gleet versus New Japan. Whereas this is a bit more great wrestlers having great wrestling matches for the sake of having great wrestling matches. Does that make sense? Or you could have said that again. I said um, this. Whereas when when they did the stuff with New Japan, it was very much Gleet versus New Japan. 
realistic. Yeah. This is more great wrestlers from two different companies having coming together to have great matches for the sake of having great matches. Yeah, yeah, which which you saw a lot, you know, the the way they 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 did the combinations with Galino, uh, and, and whatnot. So yeah, th- this is uh always uh interesting just seeing that kind of broken up, and I feel like we've gotten a lot of that uh with Bulk, not only with their own inner turmoil, but having to you know team up with guys that they'd otherwise be like um with strong hearts just to not to not only you know band together against the, a new enemy, but also you know, recently and 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 uh, with the mega show, so that's 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 always interesting seeing that that uh divide to unite type of thing. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> and speaking of shenanigans, all of the shenanigans were on show in this next match. Now, all Japan has had a bit of a youth revolution as of late to pick up a lot of rising young stars, and a lot of them were on this show. This was none of that. <laughs> this was. Mostly the old fellas having a laugh. Um, Gabai G. Chan, Marcus's favourite old man. Who, I mean, you love him, don't you? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the quiet days. Um, ta- tagging with the great Nita. That's, that's Sushi Anita's alter ego. I'll see you on a, Issei Onitskaya and Jun Toncho against Black Menzo Ray. Kazuma Sakimoto, Kikitaru, and Maso Inoue, which means we have a Troopany show first. Because one of my followers wrestled another one of my followers on this match. Um, uh, the great Nita, that's who she needs to, follows me on Twitter, uh, not X. And Kikitaru also follows me on Twitter. So I had, I had, to, I had to put my, you know, uh, impartially impartiality hat on to thoroughly enjoy this match. Um, but I should explain. We should explain who these people are. Great news is that Nita, as in like fireballs and you know flaming barbed wire and all of the thing. Kawasaki Baseball Stadium. That guy. Uh, the great Nita traditionally was his long-term alter ego. Alter ego, obviously based on the great Muta and the great Kabuki. Um, and it would usually unleash his darker side. In this particular case, he's having a laugh, and he brought with him Mr. Pogo Sickle to have even more of a laugh. Though, thankfully, it's not as sharp as the original Mr. Pogo Sickle, because that thing was deadly. This was plastic, and therefore not as horrible. It's the only guy is, you know, it's the only guy or Jim Tonsho. Um, they went up against Black Menzo Ray, who used to be from, um, well, Hokodate, and now builds himself from, uh, I think he builds himself from Sendai, and and therefore he he's now Black Menso Ray, and that that was one of the darkest things that ever happened uh, in his career. Kikitaru, Kazuma Sakamoto from Folk Orchestra, Kikitaru, who is one of the legendary Japanese comedy wrestlers of the last thirty years, good friends with Colt Cabana and Grado. Uh, they did a tour together. If you go to watch Wrestling Road Diaries 3, uh, that was him. Um, he started following me on Twitter not long after that. Masu, in a way, is one of the old Japan regulars, and he was clearly trying to keep a straight face through this entire thing. <laughs> but having said that, it was a ton of fun and a big blast. What did you think of this one, Marcus? Because it's really not your thing at all. <laughs> Yeah, if, if if the the last one, uh, the match before was shenanigans, this was a level up from that. Um, obviously, because of the participants involved, so this is one of those situations where I say sometimes you just got to surrender to the match, <laughs> and try not to think too much, and just allow what's happening to happen. Uh, and a lot of stuff was going down, but uh, I think was it was it Issei that ultimately got the win. Um. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know that 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 made sense, um, and was and was cool to see. But yeah, this was kind of this kind of just I just let this kind of just wash over me. <laughs> like you said, it was shenanigans about you know. Basically, Kikitaro has this habit of cutting promos in the middle of the ring whilst holding his opponent in a front face lock and explaining in great detail what he's going to do to his opponent. Um, and which point um, Issei realised what he was going to get brain busted, so he reversed it. <laughs> and that was that. That was that was everything, really. Um, 
But yeah, the best matches I've seen with Kikitaru, um, he wrestled Ebisan, which is a legendary comedy match feud, which is just absolutely beautiful theatre. But he also tagged with the Great Muta one night, and the Great Muta is his hero. And he came out with a head mask that was the same as Muta's face and wore Muta's same coloured tights and then did, like, power drive elbows and... Um, and and uh, uh, the backflip into the corner and all of the Muta stuff and his Shining Wizard. The Muta came in and gave him a round of applause. <laughs> well, he's certainly got great taste. Yes, yes. He's, he was actually pretty serious junior heavyweight for New Japan in the early 2000s and kind of like when they were trying to put names into like best of super juniors and stuff. He did a, a long run and did some serious wrestling for them. Still a little like comedy edge. And then boy, you know, he, he was a bit of a draw for them. He came out of Michinoku Pro Osaka Pro kind of background and he's really good. You should go look his stuff up. Um shall we I can't think of anything else we need to say about this match, but it was good. Gano Del Rey, Wanabe, and Yumi Yagi of All Japan went up against Reiji Kawakami, Suji Ishikawa and Yu Suzumi of All Japan. 11 minutes and 35 seconds. This was a nice little kind of mix and match tag team match. Kawakami, of course, and Del Mar of Bulk Orchestra going up against one another, but um, Del Mar and Watanabe have a little chemistry. I like that. And Ayagi is a bit of a junior heavyweight rising star. He's kind of the ace of the All Japan Junior Division. Um, I like him a lot. He had... And they kind of ran the aces versus the the secondary aces, if you see what I mean, at the junior yeah. heavyweight festival. And he was uh, all Japan junior heavyweight time, so he tagged with Hiromu. And um, I'm trying to think who the Noah guy was at the time. He, he tagged with Hiromu and uh, the guy whose name I can never remember in Noah, who's kind of like their big star at the minute. And they went up against Yohei and Rising Hayato and... Uh, Desperado, I think, if I remember correctly. And that's the first time I saw him in depth, and I was really impressed with him. And he's kind of like the classic white being babyface, and uh, I love watching him wrestle, so it was good to see him again. And nice. yeah, what did you think of this one? Yeah, I thought this was fun. Uh, like you said, uh, putting up the, you know, the big boys from both up against each other, that was cool to see. And then obviously, like Yuma, uh, was great. Always loved the, the young junior division guys, and uh, again, this was another instance where um, my boy Watanabe Shine, I think, came out with the win yet again with the uh, that effortless dropkick he does. So, um, yeah, fun affair. Eleven minutes, thirty-five seconds. Good stuff. Good stuff all around. It's, it's kind of hard to lose again. It's hard to lose with, with Galino on your. Uh, Side unless there was a major, major miscommunication in there, or he just walked out. So yeah, yeah, just fun, just fun, good old-fashioned wrestling. That that was the main thing about this. Just good old fun, old-fashioned wrestling. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, next, we were off to UWF rules. Ooh, and um, I tell you what is intriguing about this at the minute um, is. But with the champion out of the way, uh, yeah, with the champion out of the way, um, you've kind of got this kind of mysterious, like, who's going to be the next contender kind of thing, if you see what I mean. And obviously, it's Fuji Hayato of Michinoku Pro, so he's not going to be around for a while. So it's nice to kind of concentrate on the contenders for the championship and see yeah. who's going to come up. So that's a nice kind of, like... Uh, change to, for a championship that's high, they're trying to build as highly respected, so they don't want as many defenses, which is good. Um, in this particular case, Sakura Sato and Yu Iska went up against Minoru Tanaka and Dan Tamura. We've seen all of these wrestlers on Blade shows before. Dan even was on uh, the UWF, um, sorry, Blade MMA show, he was in one of the fights on there against um, uh, Hideki Sikani, um, Shrek. Um, this was a tidy little wrestling match. In fact, it went awfully quickly. I didn't realize how far they got down on points. I was kind of looking at it and looked up again, and it was like, oh, my God, they've only got two points each left. <laughs> yeah. So with lots of submissions in this one, as you can imagine. 
not as strike heavy as perhaps we've seen previous UWF rules matches. So that's kind of my thing. I enjoyed this though. Uh, this was one, speaking of simple moves, this was one with uh, Dan Tamora getting a grovet on Uiska. There you go, a grovet from Wigan. That's what won this match. Um, one of the oldest kind of submission holds in pro wrestling. Um, and, you know, developed at the Snake Pit in Wigan. So it still rings through the ages. Um, I'll explain my story behind that move later. But what did you think of this match, Marcus? Yeah, to me, this was good. This was some good stuff. Um, nice, hearty, back and forth UWF affair. I was in Menorah starting off with uh, Sato. Um, Menorah getting the better of that exchange, going for the leg, and then Sato coming right back, going for the arm, and then that's, you know, uh, point down each. And then I think it was Dan that squared off with you. And uh, you, I think, could have been more aggressive going for the strikes because Dan was very much trying to take him down to the floor. Um, and then you kind of switch that up and Dan um, and Sato go at it. And, and then they just had some great back and forth, back and forth, back and forth um, going for the submissions. And it felt like Sato kind of took the more aggressive stance with the strikes that I wish you would have took, um, you know, towards the latter end of the thing. But, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely was some good back and forth. You didn't really know how it was going to turn out. And then, uh, like you said, it was... Uh, I forgot exactly who got it, but obviously Tanaka side got the win. But it was it was some good stuff, man. Like you know, obviously to me Tanaka is always at the top of the list to be a contender. Um, but these other three certainly made a a, a statement and a, and a claim for themselves. So, like you said, it, it's good that we get situations like this because even in a tag situation, it still sets up four potential contenders. Um, you know, for the champion. So it's uh, it was good. And, they, and I feel like they packed in a lot of good stuff in, in, in under 12 minutes, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, my, my, the, reason why I, the reason why I like the Grovit move was from watching old um, uh, World of Sports matches. Mark Rocco hated... In character, he didn't particularly like him much in, in real life from interviews I've read, but it, he... He hated the commentator on World of Sport, Kent Walton. Um, and he wasn't on British television for a while because he'd moved to All-Star from joint promotions. And one of the first matches he had back on joint promotions, he got this grovet on, I think it was Fujimada, Patricia Maiga when he was still a young boy. And he just got him held on the floor and he looks down at the commentator and just goes, it's a grovet, Mr. Walton. Do you know where it is? Because <laughs> Kent was... Kent was known for getting the names of moves wrong. <laughs> he was just like, just it, Mr. Walton. <laughs> yeah, he was Cole before before Michael Cole, because Cole used to do that all the time. It's like, dude, that's clearly a Cole, bro. What are you doing? Like, it's just, but again, you know, I guess when you got a, you know, almost uh, 80 some year old evil old man in your ear screaming, you know, it's only so much you can do. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely true. Next up, we had something a bit special. The All Japan World's Junior Heavyweight Championship, a title that down the years has not necessarily held the esteem of the IWGP or even the GHC Junior Heavyweight Championships. But as as had moments of shine, and I think we're currently going through a moment of shine. El Linderman is your current champion. He went up against former champion Rising Hayato, 11 minutes and 10 seconds. Oh, a show-stealing, breathtaking match. I love Rising Hayato. I think he's really great. And I've been reading up a lot about him lately because um, he's got so much charisma and he's got so much natural poise. And he's not been wrestling very long at all. There was like a lot of conjectures from, from big-name commentators. Like, he just seemed to come out of nowhere in all Japan. Uh, he came from one of the Japanese indies originally. Um, the, the, as, as, um, as Striga pointed out on Striga pointed out on on Twitter when I was looking back at old conversations, he wrestled for he wrestled for um, in Japanese independents that are that small even cage match don't cover them. You know he started on Donatora Brew Wrestling. He did some work for Freedoms. He's been all over like 2019 AMA, uh, freelance shows, Best Body Japan Wrestling, Noah. All Japan, 
Dragon Gate, Osaka Pro, BJW, DDT and Freedoms in 2019. And those are the ones that were recorded. Uh, that was pre-lockdown. And he just kind of exploded onto the scene um, in around about 2019. And people fell in love with him. And that's easy to see why. Incredibly good-looking young man, incredibly charismatic, and can wrestle a streak. And he's going up against El Lindon, who's much the same in a kind of more stocky, mat wrestling kind of way. And Hayato's kind of got a bit of aerial about him, a bit of mix and match. He could do things most ways. I'm really impressed. Are you really impressed, though, Marcus? Yes, great introduction for me to this young man who very much comes off both dreamy and schemy. Um, yeah, he, uh, this is a great outing, you know, uh, young man can go, looks great, got all the tools, but I dare say a little bit too predictable in his offensive maneuvers to, to completely overtake somebody like Lindemann who was battle tested in, in, you know, every single way. Um, another man who's been very much in the middle of some wars, both, uh, in Glee and abroad, you know, to, you know, uh. Being a G-Rex champion and, and defending both the brand and the title, uh, so you know I think he got a little bit too predictable with all the springboards. And, and Lindemann is like, well, if you're gonna jump into my arms, allow me to hug you tight with a nice German uh, and whatever else Lindemann had planned. So that's I think that's what ultimately got him. Um, I think it could have it could have it could have went longer, but it did what it needed to do. It showed off Hayato. Um, in good fashion while, you know, uh, solidifying Lindemann as a strong champion. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a great showing. Like I said, a uh, great debut as, as, as a viewer for me looking at, uh, Hayato and hopefully we get to see more. I can't decide. You can see why Hiromu, you can see why Hiromu Takahashi adores the guy. <laughs> so I think we will see a lot more. And by the way, if you do like new old Japan Pro Wrestling, the bits you've seen here, it's 999 yen a month on their streaming service. On I think it's alljapan.co. Hang on a minute, all Japan streaming wrestling, all Japan streaming service is called Old Japan Pro TV, um, which of course is not the first thing that comes up because obviously that wouldn't that would be easy, wouldn't it? <laughs> the first thing that comes up is. Wikipedia's page about the service you want to do use. It's 999, it's ajpw.tv, um, and it's a bit like New Japan World. And there's, there's a lot of the New Japan, older New Japan guys. If you're missing Yuji Nagata and Minoru Suzuki, they wrestle on those cards as well. They're kind of like bought in a load of young guys because they realize that the older guys are not going to be around forever. And you look at this card and you realize how young everybody is. There's no... There's a couple of big names on here that, uh, you know, um, her, who was tagging with um, Thingy? Uh, Shuji Ishikawa was one of them. You know, there's a couple of big old names. Suwama's another. But one of them are, like, old. They're all very young, in their 20s. And that's got to be great for the future of the promotion, hasn't it, really? So we move on to the next match, another championship match. The G Infinity titles, Rudy Murders, Jun Sato and Rei Sato went up against Black Generation Internationals, Hartley Jackson and Katoro Suzuki. Now, the last time that the Rudy Murders tag team defended the titles, the Bullock Orchestra sent Bullock after them. So this time, Black Generation International saw what was happening and had a mix of Bulk with some cerebral assassin type action in a veteran like Katoro Suzuki. Now, I'm not suggesting that Harley Jackson is less than cerebral. He's a very smart man. But that was kind of the pitch of this story. They still lost, though. So what can you do? Um, I, I really want someone to beat Rudy Murders soon, please. Marcus, your thoughts? At this point, I'm hoping it's going this way. Um, it might end up being Jan's family. Hmm. You know, maybe a combination of Ito and Issei or... or Issei and Kadama, Ito and Kadama, something to that effect. Um, because at this point, if you don't, you don't, you don't send out the big boys, if you will, and they're not taking it down. They're not knocking these big red woods down. You know, it may it may take some uh, some a little off the cuff, if you will. You know, um, 
But yeah, I, I don't. I even with their stature, I don't want these guys to be running roughshod because we we can put together too many combination of guys that can knock these guys off in our mind very easily. Um, you know, for, particularly Minoru with with a, a a series of guys by his side. So um, hopefully that's that's where they're going, and be great to see that kind of be the climax to the you know the the continued building of, of Yon's family. So we'll see. But uh yeah, like you said, it's it's um the cerebral fair thing was interesting. It almost kind of fame off oddly enough, like the voodoo murders were more cerebral <laughs> in some uh instances because obviously Suzuki was like a you know very much trying to do the, the usual strategy of breaking these guys down with the legs, but that didn't that didn't last too long. And uh Unfortunately, once they kind of got Jackson down, he was kind of like, kind of felt like a tortoise on his back a little bit. He never really got back up to do to do anything, and then they kind of double team Kataro, and then you know that uh that big splash kind of sealed the deal as it always does. So yeah, they 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 still holding the um holding the belts, you know. Maybe, but maybe there's hope on the horizon if 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 uh, Kawakami can get a win. These guys maybe soon be getting a loss, you know. We'll have to see. Um, yes, no, I agree. I think that's that's an interesting goal. One thing we missed, though, after the El Wyndham and Rising Hayato match, Hikura Saito came out to challenge El Wyndham for the AJPW World Junior Heavyweight Championship. I'm not sure that's going to happen on a great show. It will probably happen on an AJPW show. But are you looking forward to that one, Marcus? No, Absolutely. You know, I think that the great thing about having Linderman as a champion anyway is that it, it raises the competition level. Um, you know, like I, said, like I said, specifically with him coming off of that, that, that great GX run that he had, you know, anytime he's going to be a champion, he's gonna, absolutely going to raise the level of competition and have guys to, you know, meet him there to kind of have to surpass him to, to, to knock him off. So very much looking forward to that, to what we got, um, you know, earlier. So um, even if, like you said, it's on Another show is, is definitely going to be something to watch. Now we have our main event of the evening, which was um, a mixed tag between Great and All Japan of Kazayashi, Kenta Miyahara, Suwama, and T Hook going up against Atsuki Ayagi. That's the brother of Yuma um, Ayagi. He's the heavyweight. Ayutsu Tamara, Tetsuya Izuki, and Yuma Anzai. 20 minutes and 49 seconds this went for, and this was a blast. Samura had some serious issues with Suwama, and I'm like, why would you pick on a legend like Suwama? But he did. Because <laughs> why not? Let's have a go. And there was a bit, it was a bit of fun one-upmanship all the way through this, but it was a blast to watch, and a lot of fun, and very dramatic ending. What did you think of this one, Marcus? Doug, it loved it. Great stuff. Gleed always sends the fans home happy with these, you know, uh, you know, luxurious, expansive uh, multi-man tag matches. Uh, like you said, it was fun. Like, you know, anytime, you know, Tamora or, you know, his, uh, you know, somebody like Checker, anytime these guys are, you know, apart, they very much, you know, have something to prove and they, you know, go in these matches and go very hard. Like you said, they don't necessarily know why he would go for, um, the legend, but but that's that's because it, again, feels like you got something to prove, and you kind of want to pick on a big Kahuna, if you will, in a match. So that's what he did, and it was fun. And again, it's another one of those situations where we get these tags. And I'm like, this was great, but it would be better seeing these two one on one, man to man, hand to hand, um, for you know, a good ten or twelve minutes or so. So, um, you know, the legends kind of pulled it out. T-Hawk squad pulled it out. But, uh, yeah, 20 minutes, 49 seconds. Good, hearty back and forth. You know, knock your block off type stuff. Uh, you, like I said, they all agreed always to live with ending the shows on these multi-man tags. Indeed. And this kind of was like the end of the fun portion of the evening. <laughs> As kind of things settled down, Suwama and Tamora had a bit of Jack joined back and forth, and the Gleek crew kind of all gathered in the ring together, all the factions to kind of discuss some business. And the first port of call for business was a young man. Well, I say young man, he's not that young anymore. 
he's 39 years old. And that's, uh, sorry, he's not 39 years old. I get the right person. He is 47 years old. He's definitely not a young man because, well, I'm 49, so I can allow to say that. <laughs> and that's Yuji Ishikawa. He of your BJW fame and your All Japan fame, you know, all that scar tissue on his back from all his matches and freedoms and big Japan pro wrestling. He knows what to do when it comes to going hardcore. And he has a hankering for that G-Rex championship and challenge T-Hawk. What's your thoughts on that? I know you have limited experience with uh, Ishikawa, but he has the reputation and he has the body of work to really give T-Hawk a different kind of challenge than he's been used to in Glade so far. No, I thought it was great. I, like I said, that's the great thing about Glee. Even a, when you get a solid show throughout, you never left without knowing potential where things are going with the champions and stuff. And you know, the big man stepping up to the plate, and, and this is a this is a, a nice, sizable one. Wild boy T Hawk, we talked about kind of, you know, the, the more elevated gear in a sense that we've been kind of waiting for him to kind of kick into. Um, not taking away anything from his reign, you know, him as a talent or whatever, but it, it does seem like a a bit of a, a spark that we've been needing, and potentially somebody like that could maybe bring it out of him. Who knows? But uh, you know, you can't be mad at the at the level of competition. No, for sure. sure. And the end of the show brought even more intrigue. Um, For quite some time, Blake had been kind of trailering that there would be um, some big surprises on the way. And the biggest surprise we'll talk about last, but the big surprise at the end of the show um, was they've been talking about another in another faction going to come in and dominate Glate, like the way Black Generation International did last year after this very same show. Um, but that was more of a slow burn. This was more of an explosion. <laughs> SBK, Kento Kibune, and Takuma Fujiwara made a kind of an invasion angle and challenged the whole Glate roster. Now, you may not be familiar with these two people if you are not a Dragon Gate fan. And there is an excellent article by Case Lowe on Voices of Wrestling because I was trying to figure out what was going on. <laughs> um, but these two young men started, well, kind of debuted on the main roster in Dragon Gate around about 2020 after coming out of the Dragon Gate dojo. And as Case points out, they were absolute bona fide stars from the moment they set foot on one of the biggest promotions in the world. And they looked like stars. Before they'd gone on their excursions, they'd already elevated themselves to mid-card status and were challenging for the Open the Gate Championship, which will tell you how good they are. They got transferred down to Mexico to go spend some time with um, Ultimo Dragon uh, in the Mexico Torremon Dojo and to begin their excursions in North America. Obviously, COVID tended to kind of grind that to a halt. Um, and, you know, but they managed to pick up some work with AAA, and they did work, obviously, within the Dragon Go promotion itself, and they went to America. Um, SBK ended up on, uh, I think it was the 2021 um, Battle of Los Angeles, uh, because of cancellations and bookings, they did an awful lot of stuff in a very short period of time and were quite, you know, on the verge of being the guys when they came back to the point where they booked them an awfully long excursion in the grounds that they wanted them to be a big pop when they came back. And then in June of 2023, they were let go uh, under the words contract violation. And what made it strange was they seemingly just left the promotion on good terms. They weren't fired. They just kind of went their separate ways and everyone was happy. Um, and they have been spending their time down in Mexico. And as the video point, the video that introduced them pointed out, it was shot in Mexico City. Um, and that's intriguing to me. But it's the second big signing they've picked up long term alongside Keito Ishida, who came across in similar fashion. And Keito Ishida has been a lot more useful to Glate than he was to Dragon Gate and to himself, clearly. So this is intriguing set of politics for those of you who follow Dragon Gate. Neither of us are Dragon Gate experts, but what was your first impressions of these two young men, Marcus? Um, no, I always appreciate that. That level of backstory, because it, you know, just talking about 
It's always interesting, like, hearing about these excursions that some of these guys get sent on, because it, for some reason, it made me think about a guy who's at the top of the mountain now, and and, and our boy uh, Sonata, um, and it went the lengthy excursion. He went on and obviously stateside, and had to come back and and, and build and do his thing there. And it's it's been feels like he's he's almost lived different lives getting to that. Uh, that championship, but here, like bringing in stuff with lead, it's, it's, it's great to see again. This particular with this show with all Japan, just how well and effectively they've been able to utilize collaboration to you not only you know bring some things full circle and bridge certain guys with, with guys they've either interacted with, trained with, um, and whatnot, but also just uh, being able to bolster their own roster. So. Yeah, that's um, that's just such a unique thing with some of these guys. How these situations kind of be built one way and then turn out another, and it look like it's going downhill, and then you bring them back, and then things are back on those planes. So you just you just really never know. We've seen almost stranger things happen. Uh, this this crazy business that we cover, but uh, yeah, that's that's hell of a story. I think it is. I'm wondering how much Keito Ishida has had an effect on recruitment um, through this last period because obviously Stronghearts left Dragon Gate in 2015 to go to OWE. They did their period of time over there. That company folded. They came back to start Bleat. Um, and therefore, I'm not saying they don't know anything about the young guys that come up, but you know. They're obviously not going to have much contact with guys who started in the dojo in 2019. <laughs> um, so I'm wondering if Keito Ishida has been a bit of a boom for recruitment backstage as well as a boom for, you know, um, the roster, which he has been. If you want to read that, ask by the way, Shooting Stars, The Demise of Dragon Gate's Best Prospects, and that's on Voices of Wrestling. Um, and it's written by Case Live. Um, it's a really good article. It's very well written. Um, but yeah, so that's intriguing. We'll see what comes out of that. But the other big name is one Kyrie, who, having freed herself from her stardom contract and perhaps knowing that Mercedes Monet was around and the connections that they've been having with Impact Wrestling and AEW, she might not be the star that perhaps she would be if she was the big star on her own, has decided to set sail, pardon the pun, for WWE again, and in the meantime, is having a bit of a farewell tour, and Glate is the next stop on her farewell tour. Marcus, any ideas what's going to come of this? I don't, and I don't even want to predict I kind of just want to sit back and wait, because again, this may speak to your earlier point about getting more women's matches on the card, because you could easily continue the thing with... uh, you know, the women's tag uh, situation with this this new faction absolutely destroying things. And then have Kyrie maybe, uh, you know, go up against somebody. This may be a good outing for my girl Fukuda in a, in a, in a, in a match that's not UWF rules or someone, someone else. You know, maybe maybe this, you know, maybe they want to have uh, Michi go uh, face off and get them as, uh, you know, somebody else. So, you know, mm-hmm. just the fact, again, that people are, are coming through Glee, you know, the, the likes of, you know, we're we talking about Kyrie saying this is coming off of Kota Bushi uh, making his, his uh, debut. So, I mean, again, it's just that continued mm-hmm. level of consistency, getting names like that, that otherwise you wouldn't have even thought about maybe, you know, six months ago, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, that's going to wrap up our coverage of Glate episodes um, 57 and Glate version Glate All Japan. Um, you can find them on YouTube. I mean, as always, we'll stick it on the Twitter. Um, I'm now going to get a good night's rest and sleep so I can get up early and drive to London tomorrow for All In, which I'm sure me and Alex will probably have a lot to say about at some point soon. Marcus, thank you very much for your time today. Where can we find you on the internet, sir? Oh, man, always a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, you can find me uh, on that that former bird app uh, at Paradox Kid. That's P A R A D O X K I D. Always down in chat. Cool. 
Uh, you can find me at Sheriff Lone Star on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram, Sheriff Lone Star TX. You can find me on Mastodon, Sheriff Lone Star. You can find the show, Troopy Show, on Twitter and on Instagram. And you can find us on Patreon and Facebook as The Troopy Show, where you can keep The Troopy Show free forever for everyone. Hope you enjoy your wrestling this week, even though you may not enjoy it quite as much as you normally do. And we understand. And I've lost a lot of the people I've loved in the professional wrestling industry down the years. And I can tell you that it does get better, but it's never much fun. And we passed, we've lost two absolute giants within the industry this week. So take care. Enjoy the wrestling you're going to go see. Um, and I will speak to you next week. Take care. Bye.